You're listening to Discover Hope with Pastor Tom Leake of Hope Bible Church in Columbia, Maryland. So what comes out of your mouth and my mouth needs to be truth and should need no buttressing. Your character as a truth teller should be so clear to those who know you that when you say something right, directly, emphatically, that's all you have to say. And they're like, well, he definitely believes that to be true. There's no question about that. He's not pulling my leg. Now you're saying, are we ever allowed to joke and kid and tell little jokes on one? Yeah, but you better quickly tell him it was a joke. We have all found ourselves in situations where what we say is questioned. This should not be. Pastor Tom gives you thinking nuggets today as he works out what could be behind lies and how we can be trustworthy persons in our speech. Remember, friends, that Jesus has overcome this world. You and I must cling to this when we're tempted to speak words we know aren't right. Our words can be stinky, empty holes like Swiss cheese, or they can be like sunflowers, strong and sturdy, always facing up. Now, here's Pastor Tom in the book of James chapter 5 as he continues his message, being a person of integrity amidst a world of liars. A demon, yes, you heard that right, a demon put Christ under oath in Mark chapter 5, verse 7. That's the language that actually is used there. Begging Christ under oath not to put them into the place of torment. And Jesus accepted that and he sent the demons into the swine and they rushed off the cliff and died. Also, taking an oath cannot be sin. It cannot be morally wrong since in the Old Testament it actually was commanded and required as part of the law in certain situations. Other places it was voluntary. Certain situations it was required. Legal proceedings such as Numbers 5 verses 19 and following as we saw before. Also in the New Testament, no one less than the Apostle Paul according to Acts chapter 18 and verse 18 took a vow. This is under the New Covenant. And that was not considered wrong. It was not written as if he had made a mistake. Furthermore, the Apostle Paul would often call God as his witness when he was writing something in Scripture that was solemn and important, which is a mild form of an oath. He said, as God is my witness, Romans chapter 1, verse 9, or in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23, or other places. So if oath-taking was wrong, why does Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 16 describe swearing by the God of truth as good? If oath-taking were wrong, why does in Revelation 10.6 a good angel, that is an angel that has not fallen, why does he swear and take an oath? But the clincher that kind of eliminates this view is that God himself takes oaths. And if you know your Bible, you knew that's where I was heading. In Isaiah 45 and verse 23, it says, God has sworn. Now, who's God going to swear by? Himself, because there's no one greater than him, right? God has sworn by himself that all will give allegiance to him. That's awesome, isn't it? Luke 173 says that God swore an oath to Abraham. Called that the Abrahamic covenant. In Acts 2 and verse 30, it says God swore an oath to David. What do we call that? The Davidic covenant. And also Hebrews chapter 7, verse 21. So taking an oath clearly is not wrong. Well, then why did Jesus and James tell Christians not to do it? Because of the abuse of oath-taking by men who frankly lacked integrity. Oaths had become so commonplace and so unreliable, they had virtually no meaning. 
They would use these oaths in everyday conversation. They would swear by the altar, swear by the lamb, swear by the rabbis, swear by the prophets, by the law, by the temple, by the dishes in the temple, by the temple itself, by the gold in the temple. The people became so frivolous in oath-taking, doing it any time, trying to reassure one another that what they were saying was true, then not fulfilling them, that Christ said, that all has to end. So this is a call to end all oath-taking in casual conversation, not legal or formal settings where it is appropriate. Just went to a wedding and there were vows said at a wedding. I wasn't going to marry them unless they said a vow. <laughs> you know, after they said the vow comes the pronouncement, I now pronounce you, you know. So the vow is appropriate in that situation. By the way, we ought to remember how serious that was, men, right? You made a vow before God to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Has she been displeasing to you? Too bad. doesn't matter. You vowed to love her anyways, right? You remember your words to God, right? No frivolous vow making. And by the way, chapter 23 of Matthew documents the trickery that went on in this vow taking. Woe to you, blind guides, Jesus said, who say, whoever swears by the temple, that's nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, ah, he's obligated. You fools and blind guides, what is more important, the gold or the temple that sanctified the gold? And then he goes on with other examples. Kind of like that game we used to play, you know, when we were playing as kids. And we tell someone, oh, I, I swear I'll do it, right? And behind, ah, 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 I had my fingers crossed, not binding. Really, that's what they were doing. Oh, I only swore by the altar, not the sacrifice on the altar. See, it doesn't count. You should have known better. Routine of oath-taking was really sanctioned lie-making. And Jesus and James, in their integrity, said, that must stop. That's the negative. Now, the positive side. Look at the second half. Go back to James and look at the second half of that verse, the positive side. I think here's where we can really exhort ourselves, encourage ourselves with integrity. But your yes is to be yes. Jesus said, let your yes be yes. And your no, no, so that you may not fall under judgment. James doesn't mean repeat the answer. If I say yes, yes, then it's a yes. That's not what he meant. Or if I say no, no, then it's a no. But if I just say one no, it's not a no. That's not what that means. Some people read that wrong. What it means is when you say no, it should just mean no. And when you say yes, it should mean yes. And you don't need to put anything beyond that. If you're a man or woman of integrity, someone asks you to do something, you say you'll do it, you say yes, that's it. You don't need to say, no, honest, swear, I swear. By my grandmother's grave. Where's your grandmother's grave? I don't know, I just, you know. <laughs> Sounded good. Someone looks you in the eye, you look them in the eye, and you say, I'll do that, yes. Is that true? No, that's not true. That's it. They look at you skeptically. You don't have to add anything because your word will be proven to be true. Do the investigation. It's fine. Truth will come out eventually. That's all that we need. So what does this mean? Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. What it says to me is, I have to control this mouth. This goes back to the mouth, doesn't it? If I don't want to say something, don't say something. If you're not sure about something, say, I'm not sure, but. At least say that. Say, I don't really know. I think it's this. Don't say, oh, definitely. You don't know. 
right? People need to be able to trust what comes out of your mouth. You really, we all ought to have a lot more care about what we can guarantee. I've stuck foot in mouth, huge like. I mean, like, you know, the big yard boots that I use kind stuck in my mouth. I mean, where I've assured something is true and it's not true. And I really thought it was true that you learn from embarrassment sometimes, right? Your face gets all red and you just, oops. And now how are you going to make that up? Because you've lost a little bit of credibility, right? God wants us to have integrity. Psalm 15, 1. Oh, Lord, who may abide in your tent? The tabernacle. Who can go in there? Who may abide in your tent? Who gets to go into your place, your house? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity. Now, Satan's all about lies. So you know God hates lying. One of the pieces of armor, the armor of God, is to put on the belt of truth, right? It kind of holds up everything else so your pants don't fall down, you know? Or whatever they were wearing doesn't get unloosed. You know, it's important to tie everything else together. You have to have truth. If you don't, Satan will find a way into your life because you're a hypocrite, you see? Proverbs 11.3, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the crookedness of the treacherous will destroy them. It's always interesting that people who are liars and are public liars get caught in their lies and then get destroyed in their lies. It's just a matter of what? Time, right? God brings the judgment upon them through their lying. If they have a habit of lying and you're angry at them and you think they're getting away with lying, just give it some time. It'll eventually catch up with them. So what comes out of your mouth and my mouth needs to be truth and should need no buttressing. Your character as a truth teller should be so clear to those who know you that when you say something right, directly, emphatically, that's all you have to say. And they're like, well, he definitely believes that to be true. There's no question about that. He's not pulling my leg. Now, you're saying, are we ever allowed to joke and kid and tell little jokes on one? Yeah, but you better quickly tell them it was a joke, right? And you have to be very careful with that. You do it in the wrong setting in the right, at the wrong time, and then people are going to be like, they don't trust you anymore. That's happened to me also. Comes out of your mouth, needs no butter. Listen, listen. A liar's vow is worthless anyways, right? He's a liar. What good does it say? I swear, I swear to God. I swear to God. You know? He's still a liar. If you are a man of your word, that's all that's needed. Oh, this has so many applications. That's only one verse, so we get to jump to application a little sooner. So we're going to park it here, okay? In your mind right now, can I just start with this? Application is a tricky thing as a preacher because in, in your mind, the Holy Spirit has already brought something to your mind, unless you're falling asleep on me. It's already brought something to your mind about where you've been hedging the truth, where you said you'd do something and, you know, you forgot, or where you've, you haven't confessed something that, to someone that you need to confess. That's already there. So, in a sense, what I'm about to do, you know, is not as needed because you know in your mind already where you're not speaking truth. True? Isn't that true? So, I know when I've told a lie. I know immediately. That's not true. The conscience bears witness with that, right? You know that's not true, right? Yes, I know. But what's the but? I'm afraid, right? How do you overcome fear so that you don't lie? Because if you don't overcome fear, you're going to keep lying. 
So sometimes we're like, ah, I don't know how to stop lying, living a life of lies, pretending to be something in front of other people when I go off over here, I'm not. Pretending to be a faithful Christian when I'm not. How do you overcome that when as soon as you lie, you know it's, you know it's a lie because you're afraid. Well, here's where your faith has to step forward. You have to have faith that if you're found out, God will work it for your good. You have to have confidence that God, after you're exposed, after you're humbled, will work that well into your life. You have to trust God. You will not be able to escape the lies, that the trap that you're setting for yourself without confidence in God to overcome all of your weaknesses and deficiencies, right? And it should help out, by the way, that everyone else in here is a sinner. So whatever you're trying to hide, guess what? There's other people who have done the same thing. Oh, no, pastor, not the same thing that I've... Well, maybe not exactly the same thing, but the same anger, the same hatred, the same lust, the same me first the same arrogance and pride, the same whatever it is. Every temptation is the same. Why else do you lie? Because of fear? Because of pride. Because of pride. But I don't want people to think that I am. But you are. And you need to tell someone that's what you are because that's who you are. I don't want my wife to understand that I struggle with. But you do struggle with it. That is who you are. You see, I, I don't want my teacher to find out that I cheated, but you did cheat. It's pride. I want a good reputation. You can't get a good reputation by lying. Sooner or later, your sins will what? Find you out. You know, I love Psalm 23. It says, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So I go through tough, tough times, and I try to look back behind me, make sure they're still following me. Is goodness and mercy still back there? Okay, check. Whew, it's still good. They're still coming to follow and after my good friends. I got goodness and mercy. They're still chasing me. But there's someone else back there who's running, and he's very fast. He's, in fact, I used to be a fast guy. I could run very fast. Not anymore. But I used to be very fast. But there's this one guy I cannot, I cannot outrun. You know what his name is? Sin. He runs faster than me. He's still coming. And he's coming, and he's coming. Be sure your sins will find you out. So we have to have integrity even with confessing our sins, correct? Confessing our sins. We have to. There are many applications here. Did you tell someone that you'd help them? And then you're like, oh, I'm sorry, it didn't work out. Really? Did you tell them you'd help them? Well, then why aren't you helping them? Well, because I have something else going on. Well, then you have to cancel to something else. No, but I really like that show. Tough. No, but my recorder broke. I don't care. Did you say you'd work in the nursery? No, I got to back out of it. You could switch with people. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have to secure what your word said, right? My mom taught me that. You say you're going to help someone and you can't. Something comes up, you can't. Find someone then who can, right? Make it up to them. Do something. Or you just have to, you just have to suffer loss. That's 99.9% of circumstances. I know there's always the exception, but the exception proves the rule. You are a person of your word. You know, you're on the way to help someone, you have a heart attack, there's not too much you can do about it, okay? Everybody understands that. You told your parents you would do the assignment. Do you do half the assignment? It's done. No, it's not done. You did half of it. Well, that's pretty good, isn't it? No, you do all of it. Clean up your room. Well, I cleaned up part of the room. You said you'd take your wife somewhere. Honey, you know what? I'm going to take you, and now you're trying to be big shot. You know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to take you and we're going to go see the acrobats or whatever it is. $180 a ticket, you know. Now you got to do it. Honey, how about dinner out? I know you really like that really nice place. How about that? You're thinking, okay, that's about 45 bucks. I can handle that. No, you said you're taking her to see the acrobats. You're going to see the acrobats now. You know, that's, that's it. It's over with. You said you do it. Let your yes be what? Someone says, did you participate in that sin? No. The no better be a no. Or keep your mouth quiet. It's very important to Jesus and to his disciples that there was reliable word on the part of the followers of God. Like Elijah, we are to be. When the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. Wouldn't that be nice? We'd speak the word of God straight and clear. And then when someone comes to us and says, Pastor Leek, were you speeding on Interstate 70 this morning? Yeah. <laughs> Had to get the prayer meeting. <laughs> Man, you got to just say it. We are to be men like the chosen men in Exodus 18.21. Men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain, it says. We are to heed Samuel's word in 1 Samuel 12.24. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. A person who lives their life before God every day has no need to boost up his words. He's aware already of his accountability to God. He knows how God deals with believers. See, some of you still think like God's treating you like unbelievers. Well, when I was an unbeliever, I could sin and God didn't do anything about it. You're not an unbeliever anymore. You're one of his children. He's going to spank you now. That's just the way it is. We think we can get away with things. No, you're aware of your accountability. Did you say you'd give somebody a ride, then back out of it? Weak excuses. I was tired. Maybe another day. I'll make it up for you. I'll do two the next week. I forgot. You get that all the time. I forgot. Well, if it was important to you, you would not have forgotten, right? So if you say something, I know there's all these electronic devices. I get confused and sometimes they don't sync. That's my excuse. But you try to just, you said you're going to meet. Do the best you can. Now, we all make mistakes. But you should, you should be known as a person who tried hard to keep your word, yes? Some of you don't like telling other people no. You don't have that kind, you kind of, you're, you're chicken. You're chickens. And someone says, would you do such and such? He can't look right. I'm going to just say, no, sorry. Maybe I can help for you, but at this time I can't help you with that. You're like, oh, oh okay, I'll do it. And then you don't do it. You come up with some excuse. You know what that is? It's a lack of integrity. If you're going to say, and don't say, well, okay, that's a yes. Then you say later, well, I, I, I kind of said maybe. No, your tone said maybe. Your word said yes. And sometimes we think in our head what we were thinking in our head, and what we're thinking in our head is different than what comes out of our mouth. So our remembrance of it is what we thought in our head. We'll say, I didn't promise to do that. I remember thinking, maybe. Yeah, but you said yes. I mean, sometimes our kids are so bad, we want to like break the family Bible out, the biggest Bible in the home. 
get that kid to put his hand on there and raise his right hand before God to tell us the truth just to get the truth out of kids. You know what I mean? shouldn't be like that. We're Christians. We should respect truth. We serve the God of truth. We read the word of truth written by the spirit of truth to the church of God who's the pillar and support of the truth. Let all falsehood be put away from you. Ephesians 4, truth matters. We're called in the legal settings. We're called in special places to give a vow. Of course we can give a vow, but it shouldn't really be needed of us. Our yes should be in other people's minds something they can count on more than other people's oath-taking. Does that make sense? I know that guy, and he'll tell the truth even if he messed up at work, and he'll take the consequences. I know that guy. He's a stand-up guy. I know that guy. I know if that guy was surrounded by 10 other guys that wanted to lie to their boss so they could get away with it, I know he wouldn't necessarily narc on him, but he, if he was called on to testify, he'd say, no, we didn't do the job, boss. We didn't do it. I know that guy. And they'll try to drag you into their lie, right? You ought to be someone that doesn't get along with them, you see? You're a person of integrity. Yes, but we have to say this in the report. Otherwise, the boss will be upset. You don't understand. I could lose my job. Oh, yes, I do understand. Yes, you could lose your job. But you could lose your integrity if you don't. Integrity is one of those things nobody can take away from you. The only way you can lose your integrity is if you give it to somebody, right? You give it away. I love the quote by Dr. MacArthur. It's incredible about giving away your integrity step by step and little piece by little piece. Don't ever give away your integrity. I would rather lose my job. I would hope you would rather lose your job, lose your bank, start all over. Do you trust God? Do you trust God? We lie because we don't trust God. I told my kids, you know, if you go out there in the work world and you tell the truth, work hard, be respectful of people, be kind to others, you don't have to agree with their sins, just be kind to them, you'll get a job, someone will hire you, and then you'll get promoted in a job. You don't have to be the biggest person, the best-looking person, the smartest person. All you have to do is just do those things. Isn't it amazing? The world's so messed up. If you just go out there and work hard and be kind, and tell the truth, and whatever the other one was that I said, just do those things. <laughs> People will like you. Isn't that what it says in Proverbs 3, right? Don't let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. For then you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. You lose a job or a deal or a belonging or something because you told the truth. Don't you believe God will reward that? Don't you believe that God will lead you in that? Oh, my, you're right in the center of his will. You can have so much confidence and peace and joy. I did the right thing to my own hurt, and that grip of falsehood that wants to control you and take your spiritual life away. You beat it. You beat it. Now you're a man or a woman of integrity. Amen? It's not a heavy moral requirement. It is a way to live free, free from the control of falsehood. And there's a lot of joy in that. Please trust God in that. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. 
to be people of integrity. Father, please impress these truths on all of us. Help our men on Friday morning to confess their sins honestly. Help our small groups to hold one another accountable and confess sins honestly. As we go before your table, help us to be honest even now. After taking a look at the negative side of making promises and not fulfilling them, Pastor Tom encouraged you today that you, through Jesus Christ's power, there's victory in our words. He's working even when we mess up and lie. That is not giving you permission to say, oh, well, uh, what I say doesn't really matter. That kind of thinking is from Satan. We must commit to our yes being a yes and our no being a no. With sad yet hope-filled hearts, we want to let you know that Pastor Tom Lee, the voice you've been listening to today, has gone home to be with Jesus. Pastor Tom served the Lord faithfully here on earth for 24 years, pastoring thousands and helping to create a network of like-minded churches in the Mid-Atlantic region. He shared the gospel unashamedly, shining light into this dark world. Pastor Tom will be missed, but we rejoice that he is healed and with his Savior. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Tom and his legacy, visit HopeBible.org. Now, here's a preview of the next edition of Discover Hope. Do you pray? Why? Maybe you don't believe in prayer. Maybe you're just trying to figure everything out. That's okay. Wherever you're at in this thinking process, be sure to tune in next time to hear Pastor Tom explore prayer in the many Bible stories that speak to the importance of prayer. You know, it's a way of getting through life's difficulties and a way to see God like never before. To listen again to today's message in the book of James, visit HopeBibleChurch.org and look under the Sermons tab. Pastor Tom will return soon with another in-depth study of God's Word, so join us again right here on Discover Hope.